Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Why don't we just lift our hands and love him across this building? I feel Jesus in this house. Do you feel him? I sense his presence here. We praise you, God. We give you praise in this house. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We magnify your name, Savior. Glory, 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 glory. Come on, that's it. Just entertain the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. How I do mean, you feel his spirit in this place today wanting to work? Yes. Yes, he's here. He's in this house. want to give honor today to your pastor and his wife and family. Thank God for them. Praise God. And without any further ado, I want to get into the Word of God. If you've got your Bible, we'll go into the book of Mark chapter 16. And uh, bear with me, I ran off and left my Bible laying on top of the desk, so I'm going to be reading off the screen along with you. Mark chapter 16, verse number 15, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs, everybody say these signs, shall follow them that believe. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Verse number 20, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Would you lift your hands, lift your voice, let's pray. Heavenly Father. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you, God, for the miraculous anointing we feel in this house today. I pray, God, that lives are changed, transformed by your word and by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't we give him another hand, praise? We're being seated. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, bless the Lord. 
Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Thank God for what he's about to do in this house. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Praise God. I feel his spirit here so strong. You feel God working right now? I feel the hand of God in this house. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Oh, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. When you stop and you begin to consider the way that God works and the way God ministers, the things that God does in the life of people, it's always incredible to recognize when there become biblical principles and patterns that become evident. One of those, as I began to read some years ago through the passage of Scripture, is a principle that I want to talk to you about today, and it's simply the fact that the move precedes the miracle. The move precedes the miracle. The Bible said that these signs shall follow them that believe. There's something about when you and I began to believe that God can work in our life. We believe that God can work in our circumstance. Whatever the issue may be, we began to believe that God has a plan to reveal his might and his power in that situation. It begins to change the dynamics. It begins to change the atmosphere. The environment is affected by the fact that you and I dare to believe. I believe that in this house today, There are people that have needs. There are people that have situations that needs God to step in and intervene in a miraculous manner. So I was praying and preparing my heart and spirit to come and preach and minister in this house. I felt God began to deal with me about things that he wanted to do and things that he desires to do in your life and in your family, in your home and in this church. I believe that there's something about when you and I began to recognize that and we began to respond to that, that there is the evidence of miracles and signs and wonders that begins to move into the atmosphere simply because you are a believer. I believe that in this house today there are some people that came into this place with expectation and belief that they were not going to leave the same way they came. And because of that, the environment of this house is charged. There is an atmosphere of the miraculous in this place. And you and I know, we know that we know that we know God is going to intervene and God is going to meet us at the point of our belief. Come on, clap your hands and magnify him. Let a praise arise. 
Oh, yes, there are believers in this house. So it is in this atmosphere of faith that I challenge you to take that step of faith. Faith without works is dead, the Bible taught us. And therefore we understand the value of putting some works with our faith. We learn the value of being able to respond. I don't know what was in the heart and the mind of that beggar man there in Acts chapter 3. But as the lame man sat there begging, he saw Peter and he saw John and he recognized that he was in that moment that moment that demanded a response and there because all that he knew to do was to cry out alms, alms the Bible said that Peter and John were arrested by what was happening at that moment and so it was that with faith and with love they reached to that man and that man came to his feet and received his miracle. We know there is more to that story silver and gold have I none but such as I have give I thee but it was the cry of a beggar for just a little bit of alms that arrested the attention of God and the man of God and so in this house today I believe there are some people that are not very far from receiving the breakthrough the blessing that they need in their life but it's going to take just a simple cry. You may not even know what you need from God. You may not even know what you really have to have. The only thing you know is you've entered into a moment of the miraculous and God is about to move in your life and move in your situation. You believe that? Clap your hands and shout unto the Lord. And the Bible said that that man got up. He went walking, leaping, praising God because it started with him doing a work, just crying out, Arms, just, just a simple movement, just a simple voice. Faith found a voice in that man. Only a voice to ask for a little handout. And yet it was the voice that arrested the attention of the anointing. And he came up and a great revival ensued as a result of that. Praise God. I could point to that and show you one example. I could talk to you about Zacchaeus climbing up to the top of a tree. By the time he gets to the top of the tree, Jesus speaks to him and says, come down. I must go home with you. You know, one of the greatest things about what you feel here today, you don't just have to feel it in this house. The same anointing that's here. The same power of the Holy Ghost that's here. The same miraculous move of the Spirit that you feel here can go home with you. And in your home, home there can be a breakthrough in your home there can be a personal revival in your family oh hallelujah but it begs the question 
would there have been Jesus in the house of Zacchaeus if he had not been willing to move and climb the tree? Would there have been the great revival that happened if that one man had not been willing to ask for a beggar's portion? What about the woman with the issue of blood? Could it be that this woman who desperately needed a miracle, she had tried every doctor, she had tried every physician, she had tried everything that the medical field had to offer her, but when it all came to a conclusion, she still was not getting any better. She was still desperately in need of a miracle in her life. And yet, Bible said she was willing to do what she had to do to get through the crowd and touch the hem of his garment. And with the touch of his hem, she receives miracle power. And that flow of blood, that flow, that issue of blood out of her body was miraculously healed because she had the faith to make a move. Oh, hallelujah. I'll never forget a few years ago preaching in the bustling metropolis of Pine, Louisiana. If you've ever been there, you know that I might be exaggerating slightly. It's a little hole in the, in the middle of the highway, but it's got a great church. About 350 people there in Pine, Louisiana. And I was there in revival, and it was the first service of that revival that I walked to the pulpit and I began to preach. And as I was preaching about this woman with the issue of blood, I began to talk about how that she must have been willing to fall to her knees and crawl through the crowd that was there that day. She must have been willing to push her way through. She must have been willing to climb over what she could climb over and crawl under what she could crawl under. And I saw a man sitting on this side in that in that auditorium and he fell to his face I didn't know until later he's the man that wrote the song that Tim Spell sings uh, that's that talks about unfolding the rose and and that man fell to his knees in front of, a, like I said, some 350 people in that house. He fell to his knees and began to crawl because he was desperate for a breakthrough, desperate for a miracle. And he began to crawl across that building. And I looked up from this man that I was watching crawl as I was preaching. And I looked across the building and it was amazing. Some 300 or so people, 200 or so people had fallen Falling on their face and began to crawl across that building. You say, how embarrassing. Why would you do that? Why would you? I'll tell you what it is. When you and I become desperate enough to make a move into the presence of God, there's no telling what God will do. There's no telling what miracle will happen. There's no man. Your issue can be changed. By the power of God. That launched some 11 weeks of revival. That many people got the Holy Ghost. Many miracles happened. But it started with one person being willing to make a move. I don't know who in this house today. Before we get done, you're going to get your breakthrough. 
you're going to get your miracle. But it's going to start with a move. It's going to start with you being willing to get outside of your comfort zone and take the step of faith. How about Bartimaeus? Bar Timaeus, Timaeus meaning the blind man. He was Bar Timaeus, the son of the blind man. And Bartimaeus himself was blind. He was the blind son of a blind father. Incredible when you begin to read and research and you begin to see this because it's interesting that the son is now dealing with the issues that the father dealt with before him. Some of you sitting in this house, no doubt, you either yourself or you know somebody that is dealing with some of the issues that their father had. Father was an alcoholic and now they battle with alcoholism. Mama was a drug addict and now they deal with narcotics and they deal with these things in their own life. Let me tell you that Bartimaeus decided I am going to open up my mouth and I'm going to make a move I'm going to cry for mercy and when Bartimaeus began to cry oh thou son of David have mercy on me it arrested the attention of the almighty God God manifested the flesh stopped and stood still and responded to the need of one man. The generational curse was broken off of his life because he made a move. I preach to somebody in this house. Maybe it's not narcotics. Maybe it's not alcoholism. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's worry. Maybe it's stress. Whatever it may be, I come today to tell you you're only one move from a miracle. I feel his anointing in this house. I'll never forget Joyce. That's the lady sitting next to us today. Uh, she moved into this area and I, I called, I sent her a text. I said, hey, we're preaching not far from where I think you live. And uh, come, come be in service with us. And I'm glad she's here. Thank you, Joyce. But I remember a few months ago, your, your grandmother, right, was laying in the bed. And, and, and you, you stopped my wife and I outside the door of the house and you told us you said don't don't expect her to move don't don't expect her to respond and 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 so we went in there knowing that, that there wasn't going to be no response. There wasn't going to be no movement. She was laying there in the hospital bed they had in the house. And we walked in and we began to pray for that lady. And all of a sudden she began to respond. Am I right? She began to respond. She began to move. The power of God. I'm preaching to somebody in this building. That same anointing is in this house today. That same Holy Ghost is in this house today. 
Some years ago, some years ago I was preaching in Pompano Beach, Florida. There as I was in revival in Pompano Beach, Florida, I, I, I had had something happen on the way there. I'd got a headache and I'd laid hands on my own head and I said, God, I know you're a healer. I want you to just heal me of this massive headache I'm dealing with. And God had healed me. And God spoke to me and said, when you get to this place that you're going to preach to this church, said, I want you to call for those that are in pain and I'm going to heal them. And I got there and as I drove up to that building, I, I don't say this for my glory. This is for the glory of God. This is what God will do. This is what God will do. It was the very first night, the first time I'd ever been to this church in Florida. And, and, and I, I felt the Holy Ghost prompt me now, now, now. And, and I, I said, I believe there's some people in pain tonight. You've got pain in your body right now. And if you'll, if you'll come to the front, I believe that God's going to heal you. And I believe that pain is going to be gone. And uh, there was two that came to the front that night out of about 200 and some odd people that was there in that church. And uh, those two people came to the front. It was a man and it was a lady. Now, now, the, now I had faith for the man, but I was struggling a little bit with the lady. you got to understand, she was seven months pregnant. And I, I was just a little concerned how God was going to deal with that situation. But I went to the man and I, I, I laid hands on his head and I prayed for him. And Brother Brad God healed him. Amen. Pain was gone So I turned and I, my faith is feeling pretty good now. And I, I turned and I, I prayed for the lady and I asked her, I said, is there pain in your, still in your body? And she said, yes, there's still pain in my body. And I kind of, I kind of did like this. I kind of turned my back. And I looked towards the back wall because there wasn't nobody behind me. And I, I said, God, you got me in this mess. Now you got to get me out of it. I'm just, I'm just being honest here. I said, God, you got me in this. Now you got to get me out of it. And I felt the Holy Ghost just prompt me right there. Turn back around and tell her I'm going to pray for you, but I'm not going to ask you. But before the night is over with, your pain will be gone. We prayed. I didn't ask her. I turned around. Pastor and I went back into one of the buildings and he was counseling with somebody and I was sitting out there and we finally got in his car and were headed to his house. We pull into the driveway of their beautiful coastal home and when we pulled in there, Sister Jones came running out of the door and she said, Clifton! That was her husband's name. Clifton! She's in the hospital having the baby right now. God is my witness. I'm preaching to you there's power in the name of Jesus. I'm preaching to you that there is the possibility of a miracle. But somebody has to be willing to step out in faith and make a move in the moment of the miraculous. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. 
While I'm there, let me preach a little bit further and tell you. I went down the road to preach at another church and there was a, it, it was a very small home missions work. And it was in the, the city of Boca Raton, Florida. And property, much like it is in SoCal, very, very expensive. And this little home missions church was in a janitorial closet. That's where they were having church. In a janitorial closet on the backside of a strip mall. And uh, I went there and began to preach that night. And I felt the Holy Ghost prompt me. And I said, I believe there's somebody in this building that's hungry for a miracle. And there was a few people we prayed for that night. And uh, one of them was a lady. As she walked to the front, I felt the Holy Ghost speak to me. And I said, bring, bring your husband here. And the two of them came together and I spoke to them very quietly to them. And I said, the doctor has said, you cannot have a baby. I said, but tonight, God has spoken and said he will heal. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. A few months later, I was back preaching just down the road in Pompano Beach, Florida. And, and while I was there in revival, my wife can bear witness to this. Uh, she was there with me that night. And, and uh, this lady came to me uh, and she said, Do you remember in that little church in Boca Raton, you prayed for that lady? And I said, Yes, I remember that. And she said, she said That was my daughter. <laughs> and she said this and pointed the bouncing baby boy in her, or girl in her lap and said this is the child that was born I'm preaching to somebody in this building that needs to believe that God can work a miracle in your situation you're not so far I don't care what the doctor's report is I don't care what the attorney has said I don't care what the bill collector's saying I stand here and preach to you today about the power of the Holy Ghost Oh yes, the move precedes the miracle. My dad, my dad's pastored his entire, uh, my entire life he pastored. And a few years ago he got ready to retire because of some health issues that was going on in his body. And uh, they went. I hope you don't think I'm bragging on myself. I would not do that. I'm giving God glory. And one of the things they needed to do was they needed to buy another automobile. And as they got ready to buy that automobile, they were able to negotiate the price down to where it was a good price. And, and uh, then all of a sudden, the sales manager got a... I don't know, some kind of a weird idea or something. And he starts saying, well, I think we need to raise the price back up. And, and then finally the salesman came back in. And this is the exact words that the salesman said that day. When they walked back in to speak to my mom and dad, they, they, they made this statement. They said, the deal is dead. 
I had been following along with what was going on. I was on the evangelistic field and and the 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 phone rung and my mother told me, said, Mark, we're not going to get that car. Said, uh, the salesman said that the sales manager stopped it and the deal is dead. Something quickened in my spirit. And I told my mom, I said, you just give me a few minutes to pray. I said, because God's going to do something in this situation. And I started praying that day, that night, driving in my truck, driving around town. And I just started talking to God. God, I remember when they said Lazarus was dead, but you spoke life. I, I, I remember. And I began to go through some of the accounts. I remember the widow's son that was laying on the briar. And by the power of just a touch, this boy got up and lived again and I started reminding God he didn't need reminding but I did my faith did and uh, I started reminding him about some miracles that I had seen him do before and I said God in the name of Jesus I speak life into that deal About that time my mobile phone rung. I picked it up and my mother said, hey, they not only are going to meet the deal, it's going to be less than what we thought it was going to be. I'm preaching to somebody today that needs to believe that God is able to turn your situation around. How long's it been, sir? How long's it been, ma'am? Since you took that step of faith. Yes. The move precedes the miracle. Oh, Holy Ghost. Preaching in Citrus Heights, California, some years ago. And we were having a prayer line and praying for people. And miracles were happening there that night. And there was a, there was a lady that kind of waited till the crowd, till the, the prayer line was done. And this lady kind of walked up. And, and as was my custom, I, I took the mic and I just kind of put my hand behind my back like this and laid my hands on her. And all of a sudden that lady jerked. She looked around. She said, who touched me? I said, ma'am, I got one hand on the head. I got one hand behind my back holding the microphone. You know I didn't touch you. I said, there ain't nobody around here. She said, ah. Oh. She said, the moment they touched my back, said, I don't know who it was, said, immediately the pain left my back. I felt my back snap and straighten up. I'm preaching to somebody it was the touch of God. The touch of God can make a difference in your life. The touch of God can turn things around in your world. The touch of God makes all the difference. It's in this atmosphere that we're here today. It'd be easy to just kind of make our way towards the end of this service. But you know, 
I've seen too many miracles to quit preaching what I'm preaching. I've seen too many miracles to quit believing what I'm preaching to you today. I, I, I know that the reason God put this in my spirit somewhere in this house, I'm looking for you. Somewhere in this house, there's somebody that needs a miracle. There's somebody that needs a breakthrough. It was, it was in Colorado, Craig, Colorado. The father-in-law of the man that's there now, pastoring, was there. And uh, he, I was preaching a revival for him. He was a place that I went regularly. And as I was preaching that night... I felt the Spirit start talking and moving and speaking to me. And I, I said, somewhere in this house, there's somebody that needs deliverance from nicotine. You're a chain smoker and God wants to heal you. That lady, I didn't know who she was. She came to the front. It was one of the first revivals I'd ever preached there. She came to the front. We prayed for her and God delivered her. She went back home where she had a husband that didn't live for God. And she went back home and he said, he said, come on, let's go have a cigarette outside. And she said, no, I don't smoke anymore. He got mad and called the preacher. Preacher said, I guess it worked. I said, I guess it did. God knows exactly how to deal with it. So a few years later, I was preaching in another place in Colorado. And as I was preaching there, I started telling the account of what had happened in that little church in Craig. And, and uh, there was a man sitting there that elbowed one of the ladies and said, Hey, if God could heal or God could deliver from cigarettes, said, I believe God could heal your hearing. And she could only hear in one ear. She said, Huh? He said, I believe God can heal that ear you can't hear out of. And she stood up, Sister Mabel, stood up right there in the middle of that sanctuary and said, and grabbed me by the arm. Said, Brother Mark, said, I believe God can heal my arm. <laughs> I mean, my ear. And, and she was just shaking my arm. I believe God can heal my ear. We laid hands on her head and prayed in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, all it took was a move. All it took was a will. I, I wonder who is tired of living with some of the things you've been battling with. You're tired of the chains of sin. You're tired of the shame and the frustration and the stress you've been dealing with. I come today to preach to you in the name of Jesus. You take that step of faith and see what God would do in your life. Oh, I could go into account after account of things I've seen God do. I don't know how many things God's done in Joyce's family. There's been multiple miracles. She'd call me on the phone, hey, pastor, and we'd start praying on the phone. And by the time we get off the phone, things done turned around. I'm telling somebody, you need to hear that God is wanting to deal in your situation. It may not happen in this house, but before you get 
home. I believe somebody can get their miracle before you leave. I believe somebody can get their breakthrough. Would you lift your hands with me? Would you lift your hands? Lift your voices. Come on, let that hunger, let that thirst, let that desire find a voice. Come on, that's it with your hands raised. Talking to him. Talk to him. Tell him what you need from him. Come on, somebody pray over your situation right now. Somebody pray over that issue right now. You feel that? You feel that? That's the power of the Holy Ghost you're feeling right there. Oh, yes, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I was preaching a revival in in downtown urban area of Atlanta, Georgia. There in that revival meeting, I didn't know anybody. But there was a lady that came in and sat on the back row. And come to find out, it was a lady that was a pastor's wife of another church that had came over that night uh, to see her friends. And she came in and sat on the back row. And as I was preaching along the lines of what I'm talking about right now, that lady threw her hands in the air. And begin to cry out to God. I didn't know. I did not know. But that lady had an issue that some of you that are medically inclined might know what I'm talking about. But it, it caused her to chomp on ice all the time. She just couldn't. She was constantly chewing on ice, eating ice. And something her body was craving. And, uh, and, and she had done this for several months, maybe even years. But that night, that night with her hands raised, God healed her. I preached a revival for him a few months later. And she said, Brother Pryor, she said, not one time, not one time has that craving, that inner desire, not one time has it hit me. You may be seated. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Just give me a couple more moments. I, I, I'm trying to stir something up inside of you. I want you to realize you're not that far from the miracle that you need. You're not that far from the breakthrough that you've been asking God for. But the move proceeds the miracle. I just don't know. I don't know. 
I'm not sure I can do that. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You know, our problem is this. And I say our because I struggle with it. Every one of us struggles with it to some degree. And it's this fact we try to make things just too difficult. We, 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 we got to figure it out. We overthink it. When God just simply wants us to say, yeah, God, it's me. I want it. I'm hungry for it. And as simple as Zacchaeus climbing the tree, as simple as the woman pushing her way through the crowd, as simple as Bartimaeus opening his mouth, as simple as the lame man saying, alms, alms, alms. It don't take much, but it does take a move because your faith without your works is dead. But the moment that you make that move, the moment that you take that step of faith, something is released into the atmosphere. Yeah, preacher. But what if God doesn't? I ask you, what if God does? What if God does turn that situation around? What if God does give you that job? What if God does put your marriage back together again? What if God does bring that prodigal child back into the house of God? What if that lost loved one that you've prayed and you've intercededed and you've fasted over? What if God does bring them right down through those double doors walking into a building. Preaching for Brother Copeland some years ago in Mississippi. Mississippi has a lot of rain, but not at this particular time. It was a drought. One day I was out by my truck working on something and my friend, Brother Copeland, come walking up to me and he said, hey, he said, man, I got something I need you to pray about. He said, he said, we need a miracle. He said, one of the men in my church is over the water for this area and said, we desperately need rain. We're in Southern California. We know about that. And uh, he said, we desperately need rain. It was couple weeks later on a Sunday morning I was preaching. In the middle of preaching. I don't know there was probably 250-300 people in the house that day. And I began to talk about a storm. I began to talk about God sending rain. I said as a matter of fact what is that I hear? <laughs> At that moment that I said what is that I hear? There was a clap of thunder and a downpour of rain began to fall on that building. Yeah. I'm preaching about your God. 
I'm preaching about your God. I'm preaching what your God can do in your situation. You might be in the middle of a drought when all of a sudden the rain can fall. I'm preaching, let there be rain in this house. Let there be a... talking to my friend the other day uh, a few weeks ago and I asked him about that I said hey you remember that service he said man he said I just preached about that the other day I said yeah I said God did something powerful there and a revival was sparked I watched that little church listen hey I'm talking about a little church out in the middle of the fields there, there was a town about three or four miles down the road that was supposedly the town that was a part of and it only had 300 people but last account I heard they're running over 1300 come on now what can God do in your situation what can God do in your circumstance what can God do come on are you willing to step out in faith are you willing to trust him are you willing to believe these signs shall follow them that believe Would you stand to your feet and clap your hands to the Lord? The greatest miracle of all is the salvation of a soul. And in this house today, if you've never repented of your sins, you can do that. You can do that in this house. You can just ask God to forgive you. Hey, there's baptism. I don't know if they got a baptistry around here ready or not, but I'm going to tell you what, I believe in baptism in the name of Jesus. I believe in the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Hey, God is in this house today. God is in this house today. What do you need from him? Would you just lift your hands and begin to pray? One more time. I already asked you to do this, but I'm asking you again. Would you one more time begin to pray? God, work in that situation on my job. Work in that issue in my family. God, work in that need. God, work in that situation. Hey. Hey, you believe you've got a need that you need God to do? Would you just step out and make your way up around this front? Come on. Come on. I'm bringing it to the altar. I'm bringing it to God. I'm bringing that situation. I don't know what to do with it. I'm going to bring it to God. I'm going to bring it to Him. I feel His Spirit moving. Oh, the anointing of the Holy Ghost is in this house. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Receive ye your breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Receive ye your miracle in the name of Jesus. Do you feel that? That's the Holy Ghost. The Bible speaks about healing and it uses the word 
one place it uses the word healeth. And the connotation is that of a seamstress sewing one stitch at a time. And I don't know who needs to hear this, but I feel like there's somebody in this house that maybe for the briefest of a moment you felt like, but I haven't got my miracle yet. Sometimes a miracle comes one stitch at a time. Yes, I am yes. the Lord that healeth thee, he says. And he does it, and he does it. Here's what I want to tell you. Here's what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I want to tell you. Don't leave this building today and forfeit your miracle. Yes. Jesus. Because sometimes it's one stitch yes. at a time. Yes. But before it gets done, yes, God done. has made it whole. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.